Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 136 of the Hooper's Log, and it is officially a Steph Curry day. Uh, everything Steph Curry revolves around Steph Curry and Steph Curry, and I'll just keep saying it's Steph Curry. That's, uh, that's all this day revolves around, and uh, today is a day where uh, I meet the rehab clinic of uh, hating on Steph Curry. It's just a flat out uh, me owning up to my my, not my stupidity, but more of my capabilities of knocking on the guy Steph Curry over the last year and and let me just be honest this is a show where basically we we're gonna talk about the great performance that Steph Steph, Stephen Curry put on last night in the world of the NBA playoffs game four between the Warriors and Blazers it was uh it was a masterpiece uh from the standpoint of a legendary folktale that everyone will remember years from now statistically not the statistics wouldn't say so, but from the standpoint of what he did, it will go down in folk- folklore as one of the greatest spur or one of the greatest. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm kind of co-doing two things at once right now. The Thunder and Spurs are about to tip it off, and uh, I am going to get off the air as soon as I can to go tune into that one. Again, I don't know where Andrew Norris is at. I'm trying to get him on the show somehow, some way. Um, trying to get him in here to talk about these games from last night. I, I don't know where he's been. I haven't talked to him. I've been trying to talk to him lately. He's just, I, I don't know. Hopefully he gets in here and we can talk about the greatness of one Steph Curry, uh, more news for him, not just on the basketball court, but off the basketball court from what he did this year. And a lot to get to uh, just, just uh, not just the, not just the golden state warrior game in the, in the Portland, excuse me, not the golden state and Portland Trailblazers game last night, but it was just two unbelievable games last night in the NBA, and obviously one that we'll remember probably forever um, as one of the greatest performances in NBA history from one Steph Curry. Um, once Andrew gets in here, hopefully he does. If not, then, well, we'll just move on without him. If, if he does, then uh, we'll get him here. Uh, so with that being said, we got about, uh, I'd say we got about 30-minute show, 25, 30-minute show today. Let's kick it off. Kevin Harlow, let's get started. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. All we're going to do today is recap games, get you uh, get you into your you know get you into your comfort zone of what happened last night, and then we'll get you on out of here. Obviously, we'll talk about the MVP voting and that nature that we have today. Obviously, we're going to give praise to one Steph Curry, which is what this show is all about. Episode one thirty six on CLNS Radio. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is three two three six four two 
1558. Last night in the NBA, there was one great game between the Warriors and Thunder. Excuse me, Warriors and Trailblazers. Again, I'm watching, <laughs> watching simultaneously and doing a show uh, between what's going on there in San Antonio. I am nervous as all heck for this game. I'm not going to talk about it too much. Obviously, I want people to watch the game and enjoy it. But last night, the Heat beat the, beat the Raptors 94-87. to Look, this was Dwayne Wade again showing up and just willing his team to a victory. 30 points, four rebounds, couple assists. Dwayne Wade really is just putting this team on his back, tying the series 2-2, getting the Heat to a 2-2 tie, and allowing for this team to get themselves into a Eastern Conference berth to have one of the greatest television uh, things we'll ever see with the Raptors and Heat. Um, uh, the Raptors and Heat playing the way they have, but to see the Cavs and Heat would be one great Eastern Conference television show uh, if both those teams were to meet up. Um, and the Heat have a chance. They're now two games away from doing so, but it is tied 2-2. Pivotal, pivotal. Game five on Wednesday tomorrow as those two teams will duke it out. It'll be one of the best games, I think, of the playoffs. As, as, as all these games so far for the Raptors and Heat have been unbelievable. Three of the four have gone to overtime. It's been flat out amazing. The game last night, though, that everyone wants to talk about is the Warriors and Trailblazers. And, look, I said it on, on, on social media. Steph Curry did not look good in the first half. He looked horrible. I mean, he did. He just flat out did. He, he had 11 points, 13 points, I believe, 11 points at the half. The Warriors played outstanding in the second quarter, but that was not to the credit of Golden State and, how, and Steph Curry. It was, it was the team. The team played well. The team played outstanding in the second quarter. Um, but in the third, and especially in the fourth and overtime, you saw Steph Curry turn it on. The third quarter, he still looked not – he still did look really rusty and did not look himself. And then obviously, um, obviously in the third quarter um, – in the fourth quarter, excuse me, we saw Steph Curry uh, really turn it on. And, you know, as much as I knock on Steph for, for very minor things and talk about how, you know, he takes poor quality shots and whatnot, you know, it, I'm starting to just recognize that maybe maybe I'm the one with the problems. You know, maybe I'm the one that doesn't know basketball. Maybe I'm the one that doesn't see, you know, the poor quality shots and the effect that he has on players throughout the league and their poor quality of shots. Now, it's not just Steph Curry last some horrendously quality shots. You had guys like C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard take those shots as well. Overall, though, from an entertainment perspective, that game was unbelievable. But Steph Curry was the story. I mean, 17 points in overtime, the most points in an overtime period in NBA history. There's really not – you can't really throw shade at that. I mean, 40 points after an 11-point first half where he did not shoot well from the field, people. I mean, everyone thinks that that 40-point was an easy 40-point. He got all of his points in the fourth and in overtime, realistically. I mean, yeah, he got 11. He definitely chipped away at points in the game. But, I mean, if you think Steph Curry was the guy who came in and just shot the lights out, I mean, he shot 50% from the field. He definitely turned it around after the first half, but he still shot 5 of 16 from 3. Still not efficient. Just, I'm sorry. Like, there was a point in time where Steph Curry, you know, heading into the fourth, he, I think he was like, I think he was like 2 of two of 11 or something. And then he hit, he hit his four of his last, he hit four of his last five threes. But he was not playing well at all from distance. And there was a couple of times where he shot the ball from distance late in the game where I was like, again, this isn't what you want to do if you want to win this game. And he just kept, you know, but that's, again, if, if we're going to accept that as the new norm in the NBA where you're going to take a 30-foot three-pointer, a minute to go down two, you know, 
not you know 50 seconds left in the ball game 17 seconds in the shot clock as you're walking up the court you're just gonna huck it if we're gonna count that as good basketball then we might as well just we might as well just start playing beer pong and call that a sport I mean seriously I'm I'm not joking like I mean I love don't get me wrong this performance by Steph Curry was unbelievable in, in overtime but that's just that's that's what it was I I don't like if I don't know what basketball is anymore then please tell me that coming down the court just hucking up a three-pointer, no matter how open you are from 30 feet away, is now the new norm of the NBA. I mean, please change the rules to make it more appealing. Really? I mean, and the other thing, too, about this game uh, last night, if you didn't watch it, you know, in the second in the, in the the second quarter, was the Hacka team. You know, the Warriors, the Warriors were getting hacked by, the, you know, uh, Andrew Bogut was getting hacked. Festus Azili was getting hacked uh, in three minutes left in the second second quarter. Obviously, Sean Livingston getting ejected in the second quarter. Um, this was just overall, from an entertainment perspective, an unbelievable basketball game. From you know an X's and O's fundamental perspective, whole different scenario. But I guess we should just stop talking about fundamentals when it comes to the NBA and just talk about you know how great these uh, chucking shots from 30 feet away look. I, I guess we should just start doing that, right? I mean, it only proves you know. I mean, after today. After today, it's almost like it's un- you, you almost can't talk any crap about anything Steph Curry does anymore after today. It's, it's almost like you can't critique anybody anymore, what they do from beyond the perimeter. It is. It's, it's almost like everything anyone does beyond the perimeter, you can't critique it because it's like it's – I guess it's transcendent. I guess it's and, – and I'm not – I'm really not trying to sit here and tell you that I don't like Steph Curry. It's more of just his, his style of play, man. Look – and maybe it's because I'm older. Maybe it's because I'm 25. I'm not. I'm not a baby on Twitter where I've actually watched a lot of basketball. And, th- and again, last night's performance, top 10 all time. I'm not going to deny that it was top 10, maybe top five. It was unbelievable. Steph Curry's performance was incredible. I was mesmerized. I was. I was mesmerized. I was. I was in awe. It was insane. It was. Uh, it was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. But from the same from the same perspective, and it wasn't just Steph Curry again. C.J. McCollum, uh, you got guys like uh, Damian Lillard. Three of the main guys in this game were jacking up shots that were just from angles on the court that, I mean, were unbelievable. But the only reason they were unbelievable is because they were going in. I mean, and the thing is, is, is this is becoming the new norm in the NBA. This isn't just, you know, this isn't just Steph Curry anymore. It's turning into the whole league. And, you know, if – after today, you know, Steph Curry winning unanimous MVP, by the way. We're gonna, let's just get into it. The Warriors won last night 132-125. to 125. Steph Curry's game last night. Everyone knows about it. Unbelievable. Really was. I'll talk about it a little bit later, but the unanimous MVP is really what I want to get to. And, and the reason why I say, you know, maybe I need to go to rehab and check myself at the door and say, look, I don't know what basketball is anymore because this whole year I joked that Steph Curry was going to be the unanimous MVP because that's what people were whispering in hushed tones. And – the problem I have with – there's so many angles to come. I mean, look, I, there's so many angles to come from when it comes from giving Steph the unanimous MVP. Look, was there a guy any more deserving of getting it? No. I, I Look, he's clear-cut MVP of the league from the standpoint of if we're just going to give the MVP to the best player on the best team – then and, 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 and it wasn't just Steph Curry winning the award unanimously, by the way. It was other things that happened with the MVP voting that I have problems with. And it was mentioned a lot by a lot of our guys on the Hoopers log that are part of us. And a lot of it is very, 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 very head-scratching. And 
I think the media has lost their rationale on how to vote for the, for the MVP. I think they have. And I think this year it just proves it. And it's not because, again, it's not because Steph won unanimous, although it doesn't help. But when you have Kawhi Leonard finishing second in the MVP, look, and and I'm a Spurs fan. First of all, you don't know that I'm sitting here co-watching this game and doing a show at the same time. I am beyond nervous. My knees are popping. I'm freaking out watching this Spurs-Oklahoma City game. You think I wouldn't after watching five championships, but it just is what it is. I get nervous every every playoff year, and when it comes down to the wire like we are tonight in the game, pivotal game five, it's tough. It's tough to watch. It is. I don't care who you are. If your team's won a lot of championships, it's still tough, and you still live and ride and die with your team. But um, with this whole you you know MVP thing, you know if Curry getting one thirty one out of one thirty one, then it starts. Then you start really getting into the question of look. He, no, I'm not denying sitting here and saying he didn't deserve the MVP. He did. I mean, he, I mean from. <laughs> I don't personally think if you use the word MVP that he's actually even the most M- most valuable player on his team. When you say valuable, like people have said all along throughout the media, which I'm so grateful they finally are. You know, most outstanding player, yes. Steph Curry, no debate, most outstanding player in the league. They need to make that award come back. Because value, Curry doesn't is not massively valued, valuable to his team. Now, last night, obviously, that was just un- that was just unbelievable and legendary. It was. It was, and it sounds counterproductive to not say that Steph Curry isn't, you know, isn't valuable after a performance like last night, but that was just one example. And when you watch this entire Warriors team, it's a lot like the argument for Kawhi Leonard. And what's fascinating is when Steph wins the MVP unanimously, but Kawhi Leonard gets second place, you sit there and you're like, these are two players that are great. First of all, they're great. They're great. They're great players right now in the league. They're superstars, but they're not. They don't have like. There's something missing with both of them from the standpoint of dominance, from the standpoint of legendary status, from the standpoint of are they would they really be this great ten, fifteen years ago with guys like Shaq, Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. You know, you, you, you ride through the league with guys who are individual superstars, you know, with the way they were. And, and you look at these guys and you think, was Kawhi really – is Kawhi really the second best player in the league from MVP perspective? As a Spurs fan, look, he, don't get me wrong. He's been a big part of what we've done in San Antonio. He's been a big, big, big reason why we've been successful. But if you took Kawhi off the Spurs, I, I still think we're a 60-win ball club. If you took Steph Curry off the Warriors, there's still a 60-win ball club. Now, are both teams championship contenders? That's up for debate. I think it becomes more of a four-team collision course with if if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, a uh, you know a Clippers, Thunder, Spurs, Warriors. I think it becomes way more level playing field. But at the same time. You know, if you took them off, those are still top two teams in the West. So it it, it kind of comes down to look and 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 if look if you disagree with me, go listen to a guy like Colin Cowherd. And again, I look I bash Colin a lot on this show, in particular, you know, and and for reasons that he brings up, it's mostly college basketball where I disagree with him. But when it comes to the NBA, he's been spot on as of late. And today he talked about how a guy like Steph Curry, you know. He's an MVP based upon the rationale that he's kind of like 
a you know he's kind of like the candy he's kind of like the candy aisle in the, in the in the grocery store you know you go there you know maybe once in a while and it's amazing like it's candy in the gro- oh my god like if you found like my like my personal favorite candy like for example like when i was younger was three musketeers i don't really have a favorite candy now i'm not in, i'm not a candy fiend but if I were to give you my favorite candy as a kid, it was Three Musketeers. And if I saw Three Musketeers now as, as an adult, and I saw it, I was like, oh, it's my jam. Heck yeah, that's the dude. Big deal. But, but then, then, you know, over time, you're like, I don't, I don't really need that. You know, the rest of the grocery store is pretty good. It's still a five-star grocery store. It's still great. You know, or, you know, for example, another example he brought up in, in his show today, Colin Coward did, was he brought up, how you know in the in in life you know who's more important the guys who build the bridges or the guys who you know create the stock market or create the you know the opportunity for the uh, you know guys who who, who promote and, and amplify things you know basically catalysts for our society are are the are the ground workers more important or are the catalysts more important and you know when your ground workers are pretty dang good and there's a certain guys who work those ground workers. They're the real MVPs. Look, my supervisor at at my last job that I just had is an MVP of our organization. Is he the most talented, the smartest, the best at what he does? Probably not. But from a leadership perspective, from a value perspective, he is the most valuable. But it would be like giving, you know, look, and I don't want to sound selfish, but it would be like giving me the MVP because I'm the one who closes down the building. Do you see what I'm saying? Like just because I'm really fast at my job and I wouldn't call my supervisor at my last job the fastest at his job, but he – I mean without him, that place doesn't work. It doesn't run. It goes to show you kind of places I've worked at in the past, but it's true. He, without him, the place would shut down, and I would be non-existent. It's kind of the same thing with the argument with Draymond Green with the, with the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. If Steph Curry left – if I left, look, if I, I'm just comparing myself to Steph Curry when it comes to my job and what I did at my last job. I have a new job now, but, but – and the reason why I left was for whole different reasons. But I'm just saying I was kind of like Steph Curry. You know, I was very important, great at what I did, um, you know, definitely could have gotten better and been more impactful um, from the standpoint of sacrificing for the team or whatever. You know, but the point is, is I could I have been – you know, being replaced would have been very – was very difficult. You know, and I knew that when leaving the leaving my job, because I wasn't getting paid enough. It's just flat out wasn't getting paid enough. But you know, overall, from that perspective, my guy doesn't get award. It would be like me getting all the praise. You know, it would be like me getting all the praise, like Steph Curry does. Yet Draymond Green last night, no one no one's talking about his seven blocks, his you know twenty eight points. His, I mean, I mean, look at this stat line, Draymond Green. 44 minutes, 5 of 9 from the field, 9 of 10 from free throw line, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 blocks, 7 steals. That guy made the engine work. He played the whole game. I mean, he he dang near played the entire game. And people are talking about Steph Curry's, you know, 20, 25 minutes of work. When, yes, he shut down the game, but at the end of the day, Draymond Green was the one who kept really kept the team alive. If they don't have Draymond Green, Steph Curry's story becomes irrelevant. I mean, it's just that simple. I mean, it's just, it, I mean, and that's, and that's the thing that I think people are, are misconstruing in the media when it comes to value. Look, if Kawhi Leonard is not a part of the San Antonio Spurs and he's on 
if he's on the Trailblazers, I think he's just a part of a good system. You know, if you take off Kawhi Leonard and you, and you switch him with LeBron James and you put LeBron James on the San Antonio Spurs, you put Kawhi Leonard in Cleveland, I think, I think he's just kind of another player. Is he great? Is he a great defender? Is he a, is he a top five small forward in the league? Absolutely. But at the same time, I mean, when you start talking about overall impact and his ability to become that valuable on the team, he's valuable, but he's not, he's not most valuable. As a Spurs fan, there is no most valuable on our team. You got Tony Parker, LaMarcus Aldridge, this playoffs has been ridiculous. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has been unbelievable, but he's not irreplaceable. I mean, all Kawhi Leonard to me, honestly, is a souped-up Bruce Bowen. That's what it feels like. That's what Kawhi Leonard feels like to me, a souped-up Bruce Bowen, which is true. He's a great defender. He can play. He can shoot from the outside. Great. Really improved his game offensively, but he's not the second-best player in the league. And LeBron got third place. A lot of fourth-place votes. Disappointing. And also, Russell Westbrook had more votes than, than Kevin Durant, which is really odd to me because a lot of people talk about how Kevin Durant's super important to that team, yet he's the one who's not getting the MVP votes. I don't, I don't know what the media was voting on this year when it came to the MVP. I don't know the basis on MVP. I mean, obviously, Steph Curry, best player in the league, no doubt, this year from the standpoint of just how, what he did was incredible. You know, one of our guys, Calvin, another one of our writers on the HoopersLog.com, brought up a great point, you know, we're so blessed this decade to have seen three of the greatest seasons in NBA history in LeBron James in 2012-13, Kevin Durant the very next year in 13-14, and then Steph Curry this season. We've seen three of the greatest some of the greatest MVP seasons of all time. And the unfortunate part is is now the media when it comes to voting on other guys they don't know who necessarily they're voting for. Look, Kawhi Leonard is great, but as a Spurs fan, I can tell you right now, if we didn't have him, we would still be very, very good in a championship-worthy team. I mean, who's to say that we wouldn't get LaMarcus Aldridge already? Who's to say we wouldn't have had a different guy in Kawhi's place? I'm not trying to sit here and say he's irreplaceable, but considering how successful this organization has been the last 20 years, Kawhi doesn't make the engine run all the way. Is he a part of our big three? Absolutely. Right now, the big three in San Antonio is Tony Parker, Kawhi Leonard, and LaMarcus Aldridge. That's our big three now. But is Kawhi the best of those big three? I think he's just as equally valuable as a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge. I think it comes down to that. It's the same thing with Steph Curry in Golden State from the standpoint of value. From, uh, from the standpoint of what he did this season, absolutely no debate, one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. You know, and it, 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 it's just it's just hard for me to grasp grasp my mind around around people making statements like today you know it, you know top ten point guard of all time it, it, look I mean it's a it's a real debate I'm not going to sit here and just brush it off like I've done in the past with people look the first unanimous MVP in league history and and here's the thing that bothers me about him being unanimous by the way and. I hope to God that this starts a precedent in the NBA that whenever down the road we have a guy who should be unanimous, this is what I hope from this, that he better get unanimous. Because if he doesn't, and it's because of media scrutiny and their disdain and dislike for a guy when he's clearly the best player in the league, like I just mentioned, LeBron from 2012-2013 should have been unanimous. The guy who voted for Carmelo Anthony, a complete moron and should lose his media credentials. Kevin Durant should have been unanimous MVP in 2013-2014. He was un, 
believable. Didn't get it. Got a guy like Shaq in 2000, one vote away. Who the hell voted for Allen Iverson in, in, in 2000 and missed that? Allen Iverson missed it by one as well the very next year when he was clearly – it wasn't – look, people, it wasn't even a discussion who else was MVP in some knucklehead. In the non-media non, you know, sports world that we live today, uh, voted down Allen Iverson one, one vote. You, I mean, you have, are you high? Like, are you out of your – and then MJ multiple times was not unanimous MVP. Who the heck – look, looking back on it, who the heck else would have been MVP? I can guarantee you 10 years from now when we look at this unanimous MVP category for Steph Curry, we're going to sit there and say, yeah, no one else really deserved it. We will. We're all going to say that from the standpoint of the best player in the league. Yeah, no, no one's going to debate this. This is undebatable. Look, from the standpoint of him being the best player in the league, yes, he is this year. Is he the best player in the league from the standpoint of talent? No. You're out of your – you're high. If you think Steph Curry, talent-wise, is the best player in the league, you need to stop watching basketball and stop talking about it on a, on a big scale. You don't know what you're talking about. Kevin Durant and LeBron James are still way better than Steph Curry. Way. I mean, way way better than Steph Curry from the standpoint of talent. Now, from the standpoint of obviously, you know, production and getting the most out of your body, yes, Steph Curry's right there. But when it comes to overall talent and capability, size, speed, physicals, you know, no. Steph Curry can't touch KD or LeBron at all. At all. None. None yet. There's no way. But when it comes to one year and what he did, yes, no, no debate. This is a unanimous MVP. I don't think anyone will debate that. It's it's the precedent before and the precedent after it better set. Because if he, 20 years from now, if, the, if Ben Simmons, for example, comes into the league, you know, in his prime five, six, seven years from now, doesn't, if, if he dominates like LeBron did in 2012-2013 in the year 2027 or, 20, or excuse me, 2020, uh, you know, 2027 or 2025 or something, and he, and he dominates like LeBron and is as, as efficient, as dominant, leads his team to a championship like that and doesn't get unanimous MVP because some knucklehead in New York or Arkansas or Counta Vista or, or somewhere in, in bum, bum blank, you know, California doesn't like him because they don't agree with his tattoo choice on his left arm or for whatever God's sake reason, and he's not unanimous MVP – then clearly we're going to look at Steph Curry as the most overrated player of all time. It's just, look, you can't be the only unanimous MVP ever. You can't be. It's just that simple. And it's not because I don't like Steph. It's just because of that fact. MJ, five, I think he had five or six MVPs. I know he had six MVP finals. You know, Magic Johnson in the 80s. How did he not have a unanimous MVP? How come sports like, you know, like like uh, like the NHL or I think the MLB they were mentioned earlier had or NFL excuse me had guys with unanimous MVPs you know but but the NBA finally gets its first but it's but it's for a small little dinky point guard who if played back 20 years ago and the hand check was in play wouldn't do anything it's just the facts it's not to it's not to knock Steph Curry it's to knock the system really. Look, and unanimous MVP, does he deserve it? Yes. But previous years, the guys I mentioned, Shaq, AI, LeBron, MJ, 
not getting at least one unanimous MVP from one of those guys, at least for Shaq's sake, LeBron's, MJ, not one unanimous MVP because guys had agendas and, and decided not to, but for some reason they agree with Steph because he's Disney. Literally, I'm going to just start calling Steph Curry Disneyland because that's what he is. Like, like he, no one throws shade at him. No one. No one can find a flaw with him. I have, I have mentioned multiple times throughout the season flaws that Steph Curry has. There's no such thing as a perfect player. Steph Curry is not a perfect player. What I've mentioned multiple times throughout the year, from the standpoint of his unanimous MVP, is that he takes shots that are completely ridiculous. And if it was any other guy other than the number with the Golden State patch on the front of his chest and the name Curry on the back of his name, you know, his last name on the back of his jersey, who was, making those, who was taking those shots, people would, he would get benched. If someone did that in high school, what Steph Curry did in the first five minutes of a ball game, they'd get benched. It's that simple. Steph Curry flows away from what the game should be. He does. And I'm not trying to sit here and say the game should be this. The game should be that. He's transcendent. Steph Curry is a transcendent superstar. You're not going to hear me knock him and not say he's not a transcendent superstar. But now you got people starting to say that he's a top five point guard all time. You got ESPN thinking that he's a top five point guard all time, and he only has one championship. Can you imagine? Okay, can you imagine if Magic Johnson played in this era? After you know, let's just say someone else came along, and and they weren't called Magic Johnson, but they did kind of the same thing Magic Johnson did. But can you imagine if a guy came in at the age of nineteen and or or twenty or however old Magic was, uh, the year he won the the championship as a rookie? and played center, and did what he did. Can you imagine the explosion on social media? People would name him the greatest player of all time instantly. That's just, what a, that's just kind of the society we live in today. People just automatically anoint these guys, unbelievable players. And I got people on social media sitting here telling me after a year and a half, almost two years, and this season's not even over, and I have people sitting here telling me that Steph Curry is already a better legacy than guys like Tony Parker, Oscar Robertson, John Stockton, are you high? What kind of what kind of drugs are your parents giving you? What kind of drugs are you what are you taking? Where do you go to school? Where is your education? What are you doing? Steph Curry has had two of the greatest seasons in NBA history back to back. No one will debate that. But to say that his legacy in his first seven or eight years of his career Match up to guys like John Stockton, Tony Parker, Jason Kidd, you know, Magic Johnson, Oscar Robertson. You, you go through the list of top 10 point guards, it, it gets pretty easy. He's not a top 10 point guard yet. Now, 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 now. If he does this again next year, oh, then it's, then it's kind of a different story. Look, if he wins three years back to, you know, triple back-to-back MVP, if we're sitting here a year from today, May 10th, 2016, on May 10th, 2017, and Steph Curry has made 405 threes, and his team has won 70 again, breaking the record again or not, there's no debate he's top top 10, maybe even top five. And look, that's not, that's not, that's not a debate at that point. Because then it's – look, if he wins the championship this year, he will be the best player on the best team of all time. And that's two championships back-to-back, two MVPs back-to-back. If he wins the finals MVP this year, which I'm pretty sure he will no matter what he does, even if he does break – even if – look, 
if Steph Curry pulled a Kyrie Irving in game one and hurt himself after game one and the, and the Warriors still won the championship, I'm pretty sure they'd still give Steph Curry the MVP of the finals, even though he only played one game. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes these days. We just kind of give people things when they don't deserve it. I'm just saying, you know, from that perspective. Um, but if, if they win a championship this year, and Steph Curry is the legitimate MVP where he goes off and does, you know, 35 points in the, in the finals, shuts it down and dominates, and then comes out the next year, does the exact same kind of thing and, and shoots a, an enormous amount of threes, makes them, is efficient, is incredible, does exactly this again and wins the title again next year. I will have no problem placing him in the top ten, and then the debate comes down to – is this the greatest three-year run in NBA history from an individual player? And then that, and that would be that would look. I would have no no problem arguing that. And and and, and to be a hundred percent honest, he's he's more than deserving of a unanimous MVP. I just I just have a problem with the fact that guys in the past, because media members had agendas on certain players and agendas on what they did, they didn't just respect the the enormity of players themselves. That's the part I have a problem with. Now, side side wedging back to the to the game from last night, Steph Curry was absolutely incredible. Um, one of the greatest performances we've ever seen in playoff history. It's going to go down in playoff lore as one of the greatest, if not a top five playoff performance ever. I mean, when you think about great playoff performances, you think of LeBron James in 2013 against the Celtics. You think of Magic Johnson in the, in the early eight. 80s when he when he helped win the title for uh for the uh the Lakers as a rookie. You you think back to Tim Duncan game 6 of the 2003 NBA Finals when he uh when he won, when he had a near quadruple double. I mean, you think of things like that and you're like, "Wow. That's the stuff Curry had last night." It was. But here's the, this is the thing that bothers me. And, and I know something always has to bother me with Steph. Look, it has to, but Look, if you think that Steph Curry's performance last night was better than LeBron James's 2007 Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Detroit Pistons in Detroit, if you think it was better than that, 29 of the team's final 30 points scored in a double overtime victory where he scored darn near every single point in overtime for that team. And every single shot in the double overtime period was absolutely legendary. Every single basket every single basket was legendary every single one Steph Curry last night look darn near close not good enough from my perspective from what I've seen from what I've watched throughout my you know I've, I've been watching basketball since I was eight years old nine uh, eight seven years old you know I've been watching it for a long time and seeing what Steph did don't get me wrong in my opinion it's number two all time it is it's number two and the only reason it's not number one is because I remember exactly where I was when I heard what LeBron James did. Because everyone in 2007, everyone, everyone thought that the Detroit Pistons and San Antonio Spurs would rematch. Not back-to-back, because remember in, in 2006 it was, it was Mavs and, uh, and Heat. Uh, and LeBron, and that was when that was the year uh, Dwayne Wade won MVP of the finals. It was just absolutely crazy. But the year before that, it was, it was Spurs and Pistons in 05, but everyone thought it was going to be a rematch in, in, in 07. And the only reason there wasn't a rematch was because of that game five. That's, that's just, that's just what it was. 
LeBron James in that game five went off for 48 points and scored 29 of the team's final 30 and had to go to two overtimes on the road against, at the time, look, think of the Detroit Pistons. If you're under the age of like 10 and you're listening to this show, if think of the Detroit Pistons in 2007 as today's version of the, what, what would be a good example as today's version of the San Antonio Spurs? Look, great Great team, unbelievable team, what they do. They're not the best team in the league, but they're like they're, – they're, they're scratching shoulders with the best teams in the league. And remember, the Spurs back then were – I mean, they were so deep. I mean, they were so deep and gifted as a team. It was absolutely outrageous. I mean, it was just outrageous. That 07 team, in my opinion, it's a coin toss between that team and the 2014 team. That team was so ridiculously deep. Look, people, George Hill was a baby on that team and now he starts for the Pacers and he's in a very effective player. Bano Udre is a backup on the Grizzlies. People forget Bano Udre in 07 was, was stupid. I mean, that was one of the deepest and, and Tony Parker won the MVP of the finals that year because Tony Parker was legitimately, in my opinion, the best point guard in the league that year, that year. Now was he, I mean, was he better than Nash? No, Nash won MVP, but Tony Parker was right there. I mean, it was Nash and Parker. It was neck and neck. Those were the two guys flat out. And Tony Parker was absolutely unquenchably unbelievable in that NBA finals. But when you look at that performance by LeBron James and and where the Pistons had been, what they were doing as an organization, it was almost clear cut that they were going to get to the NBA finals. And I can pretty much guarantee you Chris Webber, he was there. He he was in that game for the Pistons in 07, and he saw what happened. I mean, LeBron's shots were – go watch the highlights. Just go to YouTube. Just check it out on YouTube. I mean, they were so unbelievably contested. He was being triple teamed. Guys were trying to stop him attacking the basket. They couldn't do it. LeBron was – you talk about – Ninja Turtle backpack. LeBron James took his team to a level that I don't think. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see again. I really don't. And 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 when you watch that game, like the thing was, was like Curry did this in one overtime. Look, and it was unbelievable. Don't get me wrong. Curry had the highest scoring overtime in NBA history. I'm never gonna in playoff history, playoff overtime history. I'll never deny that, and I'll never deny that this was unbelievable what Curry did. It was. But when you start comparing greatest performance in overtime history, uh, you, can't, you can't just dismiss the fact that LeBron James put the entire franchise on his back in the final. I think it was like eight, six minutes of that, you know, six minutes of regulation all the way through the double overtimes. And he just flat out carried that. And remind, let me remind you. LeBron wasn't 28. Steph Curry's 28 years old. LeBron was 22 years old, his fourth year in the league, third year in the league. It was flat out stupid. It was the dumbest thing. I, and what? And you know where I was when that happened? I was at a baseball. I was at a Mariner game hanging out with some friends. And I got in the car and I said, turn on the radio. I don't know what happened. Because back then in 07, in the hot tub time machine about nine years ago, there was no Twitter. Twitter hadn't been invented yet. Facebook was a, was in baby form. I mean, no one knew what Facebook – Facebook was hot or not, you know. And then you had MySpace. MySpace was the big thing back in 07. Yeah, we're talking about MySpace back in the day. 
No one had no one had phones like we do now. No one had phones like we do now in 07. No one did. So the best way to get your information, YouTube had just started. Like YouTube had just begun. Like it was just getting big. And they had a whole bunch of, you know, piracy things going on, so you couldn't really watch highlights and whatnot. But but you look at what and I, we turned on the sports talk radio and they said LeBron James had done one of the craziest things. And I didn't, I didn't believe it. Cause I was like, I wasn't a biggest LeBron James fan at the time, but then they said LeBron James scored 29 of his team's final 30 points in a double overtime victory to take a three, one lead in the series, or excuse me, a, uh, to take, I believe it was a three, two lead in the series and shut it, shut down the series to go to the NBA finals. I mean, what, I mean, like, what, like, I mean, you can't talk after that, like nothing. Just like last night, you can't talk. But that, that's that's stuff. That is stuff that people, when they talk about greatness, LeBron James's game in '07, and if you watched it, or if you at least heard about it, or saw the highlights, you could not stop rewatching those highlights because you could not believe it. Because everyone, look. Going into that game, too, everyone thought that the San Antonio I – mean, excuse me. Everyone thought that it was going to be Detroit-San Antonio and that game five in Detroit in, in Auburn Hills, the really, really, really hard place to play. It was locked up that the, that the Pistons would win game five, and if they didn't win game six, they were going to win game seven and go to the NBA Finals, and it was going to be another classic between the Pistons and Spurs. But LeBron James and the narrative found a way to absolutely annihilate the Detroit Pistons and knock them off their game. It was one of the craziest things I've I mean, ever seen. And just like last night, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. But, you know, you got to give Steph his props. It was definitely top two. In my opinion, in my opinion, top two performances of all time. From the narrative, too, you know, look, you got to look at all the perspectives. Sean Livingston got ejected. Steph was on a minutes restriction after being out for two weeks. Then he turned it on in the fourth and overtime, and it was just legendary from there. I was buzzing. My brain was buzzing last night. I couldn't sleep. It was so crazy. Like, and it's not because I hate, I hate Curry. It was so hard to watch. It was just unbelievable. It was just flat out unbelievable what Steph did last night. And for that, I give him praise. I give him all the praise for that game last night. And then him getting the unanimous MVP today made me more bothered, not for him getting the unanimous MVP, but from the standpoint of how the system is working and how other guys didn't get unanimous MVP from the past. So it's just, it's just the way it is in the sports world these days. It's frustrating, but uh, you know, Hey, kudos to Stephen Curry, best player in the league from the standpoint of uh, this year. This 2015-2016 year is the year of Steph Curry. And if they win the title, you talk about the greatest team of all time. This guy was the best player on the best team of all time. That's the episode today. No Andrew Norris in on episode 136. We've got about a minute left on the show. I've got to go watch the Spurs game right now. It is just an absolute battle right now. And Kawhi Leonard just took it coast to coast. And the Spurs are now down, I believe, what looks like three minutes left. They're down three with about seven minutes left in the ball game. Kawhi's got the ball in the corner, and he missed three points. So, so yeah, okay, we got about 90 seconds, a uh, minute left in the show. I'm going to get out of here, obviously. Episode 136 is in the books. We'll talk about this game tomorrow between Oklahoma City and San Antonio. Who knows what I'll be feeling like. Uh, it's going to be unbelievable. Uh, this game I am more than nervous for, and I'm going to go turn on my TV and, and tune into what's going on in the playoffs. Again, episode 136 in the books. Episode 137 tomorrow, same time, same place. 
on a Wednesday, a hump day Wednesday. Uh, thank you again for listening, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your night. Please watch this game. It's just going to be absolutely incredible. I can't wait for the first team All-NBA, second team All-NBA, and third team All-NBA and see how the media can screw it up again. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the games tonight. Have a good one.